At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to the amazing Maria Obradovich who is a pet photographer, brand photographer, and contemporary portrait photographer based in Italy. We talk about her studio work, how she works with pets, what brand photography actually is, and much more. Please enjoy. Hello, Maria. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, Taya. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me here today. Uh, my name is Mario Bradovic, also known as Borgoloni Fotografia. That's my photography brand name. Okay, I'm based in Ferrara, Italy, uh, and uh, available worldwide. Or where work is uh, bringing me. <laughs> okay, mm. um, I specialize in uh, portraiture, uh, so it's professional uh, portraiture headshots. Uh, also branding photography, and I also do a portrait, uh, portraits of the dog, so it's pet photography also called. But I like to, you know, um, just 
to underline that they are portraits of the dogs. Yeah. Really cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so I you like... can find me online as Borgoloni Fotografia easily. Wonderful. And I'll have all the links to your work in the description. So definitely check out Maria's work. It's beautiful, especially your dog portraits. I really like that you emphasize that they're portraits, that they're individual photographs of the dogs. It really gives your images a personality. You know, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because when I started, I, I really love dogs. I adore dogs. I adore all animals, but dogs especially. And, you know, somehow, somehow there is always this immediate connection between me and the animals. Uh, I understand them somehow well, okay? So I wanted to make this not usual pet photography, so the dogs in the park or, you know, like the dogs in action, uh, catching frisbees and stuff like that. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to photograph them as their people, you know, just as I photograph people that come to my studio, no? I'm using the lights, I'm using the backdrops. Uh, of course, I had to learn to um, communicate with them. Uh, this is very important part of the photographing dogs. Uh, you have to stabilize some kind of connection, just as I do when I photograph people. So. Everything is about connection between um, two living things, two people. Okay, so it's not for me. It's not very different than my usual portraiture work. Mm-hmm. The subject is a bit hairier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the subject doesn't listen as much, right? Dogs are kind of unpredictable sometimes, right? Models are maybe a little bit more predictable. So this is the the point. Many people ask me why you do it in a studio. So uh, that was, I did that, I decided it on purpose because in studio, there are much less distractions for animals Mm. because when they go out, they want to go out. They don't want to be one hour, you know, like sitting there and uh, (laughs) doing tricks and uh, pull pull up and stuff like that. They want to go out. Then there are other dogs, other people, um, sounds, unexpected sounds. Many dogs don't like them. Uh, They don't like loud sounds. Uh, People screaming, children screaming around. And of course, there are other dogs. And all of these are distractions for the animal. So when they come to the studio, they don't have these kind of distractions. Sometimes I have different kind of challenges, should I say, when um, dogs uh, the uh, dog doesn't like uh, new spaces, so they are kind of wary, kind of scared. Then I have to give them some time to sniff around. Uh, to get to know the space, to sniff out all the equipment. So I learned that I have to position all my lights before. So when they come, they see the lights. If I start doing that uh, to pull out my softbox uh, and huge softbox and things like that, they kind of don't like it. And they have they are afraid of, of that strange, big, uh, very uh, you know, bright thing. 
and usually don't have good expression. So there are all these kind of things that I, you know, small details I learned in time by doing this that help me, you know, make them relax and to listen to me, actually, because this is one one also very interesting point that is uh, not all dogs will listen to a stranger because I'm giving them commands like sit, stay, uh, lay down. Sometimes I have to teach them actually the commands. (laughs) Many dogs don't know them. You know, the owners, they never teach them this. You know, like sit and stay. But if I learned something uh, working with dogs, I learned that every dog is trainable, young, old, it doesn't matter if they are properly motivated to do so. Mm -hmm. If I motivate them with food or with toy or with, you know, something else, usually if they are curious and they're motivated, they catch on very, very fast, you know. You know, I trained the last, um, the last dog I, I, I photographed was a French bulldog, the puppy, a five months old puppy of French bulldog. Mm-hmm. You know, she came here. She was very, you know, happy. She was running all, all around. She was kind of <laughs> uncontrollable. <laughs> okay. So I was asking myself, how is this going to work? <laughs> and then, um, I put her in the box. Usually put them when they're like that on the table. So if they want to, you know, like run away, they look down and then they don't want to jump (laughs) because sometimes they can hurt themselves. Of course, I I keep them always there. You know, I don't want them to hurt themselves in any way. And then I put her on the box and she was very food motivated, very, very much. Okay. And in one minute, that dog learned to sit and stay. Oh, okay, imagine. I mean, it was incredible. And, and her her owner was like, oh, I never did that, you know, like I'm, I took her to the school, you know, and uh, we are going to the school, you know, for a month and she still doesn't know how to sit. And I was like, okay, maybe you should change the school for dogs, you know, for obedience class because... Uh, I don't know. For me, it's somehow I can do that with every dog. I don't know how, you know, um, they say they their dogs don't listen to them. Maybe because they're not doing the work when they go home, which is probably the reason because people are very often very lazy when it comes to uh, their dog's education. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, you know, when there is no clear hierarchy in the house, dogs do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Okay. So, and they need a bit this hierarchy, you know. Just, I, I, don't, I don't say that like, okay, the owner is the boss. Dog has to learn the owner, you know, like, I don't know, a soldier dog, you know, that, you know, like sit, uh, I don't want that, but, you know, like to have its space inside the family, that is the point. To make it part of the family and to know uh, his place in household. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's very important. Uh, yeah, and it seems like I mean, you can confidently add a dog psychologist to your Instagram bio on your website because you seem to have an amazing connection with animals in general. So if a school can't teach a dog how to obey orders, but you can do that within minutes, then you you need to have your own dog school as well. It's another business idea for you. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was thinking to go to to school for uh, that for uh, for dog trainers, okay? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Probably we do that in the future. There are schools that offer this kind of uh, education, like seminars, and that they give you the certificate at the end. Because in Italy, you cannot just, you know, like open your school without having a proper certification. Uh, and then I have to decide what I want to do. I want to photograph, be a photographer. I want to be a dog trainer. <laughs> I wanted to take this, those classes, uh, especially because I wanted to take photographs of the dogs, yeah. of the animals, and to know how to communicate with them. And then I was always, you know, passionate about, uh, you know, body language, animal body language, about animal behavior since I was very little. I was watching documentaries, uh, documentaries not to, about animals, about nature all the time. That was my favorite pastime when I was, when I was in school. And I do that still today. So all that is very interesting to me, you know. And body language is also very interesting for photographing people or to deal with people. Mm-hmm. So this is something... We are humans, should I say, programmed to do, to communicate using non-verbals, but 90% of the day we just ignore these signals, should I say, in in-person communication, and uh, we rely a lot on words or what is said, which, you know, it's not always honest communication. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> we know that very often people say things and then they don't mean them. <laughs> and, uh, for example, for in photography, body language is everything. Uh, when communicating with animals, especially, body language is everything. You know, I mean, you are one wrong uh, hand move away from getting beaten on the hand. <laughs> I mean... That is not very nice thing to be bitten by a dog. I don't know if you ever been bitten by a dog, but you know, <laughs> depends on a dog. Some of them can, um, you know, harm uh, in a very nasty way. You know, people. <laughs> but those are just little signals that are very important. Absolutely. Yeah, signals are important. And it seems like your dog photography helps your portrait photography and your brand photography, like everything that you specialize in helps you as a photographer in general. I find that very interesting. And I'm curious to know, what camera equipment do you use? I use uh, Nikon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use Nikon from the start. Uh, I have uh, Nikon DF, two bodies, and then I have Sigma lenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all uh, 35, 50 millimeter lens. Then I have 85 millimeters. 
to their fixed lenses. Uh, I don't. I usually do everything using 50 millimeters, which is kind of strange choice of equipment for portraits. Okay, <laughs> people. Yeah. Oh, but that is you know like the purists. They are very shocked by this, especially when I take out my 35 millimeter lens to shoot portraits, because okay. because. Should I say, uh, I mean, you know that traditionally that is the, the lens for reportage and weddings and this kind of photography. It's not something you use to shoot people in the studio. Usually you want long lenses for 85, 105, 120 and the others. But the problem is uh, with using long lenses, at least for me, that you know, to uh, that you have to be quite away from a subject. Mm -hmm. Now, this depends how big is your studio, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I use 85 millimeters and then I want to shoot the entire figure, I have to go back something like 10 meters or 8 meters. And for me, I don't have studio that big. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, and even if I have, that is too far for me from the subject. You know, I'm talking all the time during the sessions and guiding people during the sessions. So many times, uh, because I, I shoot, you know, people who are not professional models, who don't know how to pose in front of the camera. So I have to guide them during the whole session, meaning to show them the pose, uh, to correct the pose, to correct how they keep their head. And since I'm talking all the time, I, I cannot be very far away because that would mean that I have to yell all the time <laughs> so they could hear me, you know? And for me, that is not effective communication. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not convenient. Yeah, that would not be convenient. And I like that you, you know, go against what some purists might say because that's the beautiful thing about modern photography. We do... We work with what we have, we do what we can, and sometimes we need to break the rules because that's how we can create new kinds of interesting photographs. So I like that you have your own method of approaching studio photography. And it does seem like uh, it's just, yeah, it's better. That's how you communicate with your models. If you're far from your model who isn't a professional model, your model is going to feel uncomfortable, right? They're going to feel yes. like they don't know what to do. So it's it's good that you have this connection with them. You know, one good uh, the tip uh, I can give is to show them all the poses. So I usually say, okay, look at me like I'm uh, like I'm your reflection in the mirror. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, reflect what I'm doing. You know? And uh, that's how they are, I find that they relax more because, you know, I'm taking away attention from them because one might feel that have all the attentions, you know, that they are under the lights. And, you know, theoretically they are, okay? <laughs> because, you know, the, the, the whole setting is a bit strange for people who are not used to this kind of, who are not used to, to have their pictures taken, okay? So when you're in the studio, uh, I usually have two lights. Uh, one of them is a huge softbox. The other one can be above or behind them. Uh, then there is one more person. Sometimes they bring, I don't know, their spouse, 
their boyfriend or girlfriend, sometimes their moms. So there are other people there present too, you know, and they're all watching. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they have me very close to them. And, you know, they don't look at my face. They look at the camera, basically. And depends on the person there, how much time they, you know, need to kind of decompress and start enjoying all the process. Uh, and there is very important to talk. I learned that. Just talk, you know. And then talk about anything. Try to make them laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, when... This is scientifically proved fact that if you make people laugh, uh, they will automatically see you like more, um, like they're more uh, approachable person. Yeah, friendlier. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, friendlier. So just make them laugh, you know, because when they start laughing, they start to relax, okay? So I'm, you know, I don't have problems talking. I'm talking all the time. The problem is to make me stop talking. <laughs> there is no problem. <laughs> so I'm talking all the time and then I'm showing them. I say to them always, mirror me, mirror me. And then they're kind of, you know, they're listening to me and then they uh, are very concentrated to follow me. And somehow they kind of um, forget all the setting, this strange setting they are in. And yeah, they start to relax. Yeah, it's a, it's a distraction for them. And it's also comforting. Like once you've made your models laugh, then, you know, and you show them the poses that they need to mirror, then it just completely changes the atmosphere. Yeah, they forget that they're in a studio and they just think that they're with a friend, maybe. Yeah. yeah you know, we are making fun. We are, and then uh, <laughs> one more thing. If you show them the best images, then, um, you know, because they don't know how it will turn out, they kind of see themselves not very photogenic, um, you know, like women are very self-conscious, much more than men, from my experience, uh, on things they don't like about themselves. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if they don't like their nose, okay, <laughs> you know, when they watch the image, they will immediately go for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. To see if their nose is, you know, like they want it to be. I mean, it's strange. It's very strange sometimes, this thing. But they're, you know, like super conscious about these things. And then they sometimes they kind of lose the whole picture, you know. And then you have somehow to make them look at it like a whole picture. So every time when I... You know, take the photo and uh, I see it and I'm like, wow, look at this. You know, because I really like the photo and I show them immediately, like, look at this image. Like, show them the best ones. That's how they're like, also, oh, look, I like that. I like that. Then they participate even more. Okay. Yeah. I think the best feeling is because when I work with models, when I show them a photograph that I really like and they say, oh, that's me. They see a different side of themselves. It's really nice and they get really encouraged. So I completely understand what you mean. That's a good tip to show them your best and your favorite photographs of them because that's how they'll get even more comfortable. Absolutely. 
not showing all the or every time, just the no, best no, no. ones. Because <laughs> the shooting will go for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> for days. <laughs> for days. <laughs> so you, you specialize in portrait photography and pet photography and also in brand photography. How come you chose to specialize in those three genres? Okay, I started, um, you know, humans were always a subject of my images uh, at the beginning, just in different genres of photography. First, I started shooting, uh, you know, like concerts and uh, theater in theaters, you know, the plays and spectacles, uh, things like that. Then I started uh, to shoot weddings. And, you know, like, from weddings to portraits, studio photography, I don't know, it was kind of natural uh, passage, you know, because I started to enjoy more using artificial light. Uh, I find it, even now, every time, if I can choose, I will, you know, use artificial light mm-hmm. for everything, okay? Sometimes even... When people say, oh, I would like to have my photos taken outdoors, I will bring what light anyhow. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. <laughs> because, you know, um, shooting with natural light is nice uh, if uh, you have a good natural light, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not always the case. <laughs> not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's unpredictable. And you are very time-limited, extremely time-limited. So, okay, I love the the light of the sunrise and sunset, but you have like half an hour of good light. And then it's changing all the time. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. 
The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Yeah, it's stressful. Stressful. You don't know what to expect. And then if it's, you know, a cloudy day, sometimes the sun peeks through, sometimes it doesn't, and you have to change your settings. So yeah, I can definitely see why it's inconvenient. Studio photography is definitely... You know, know, that was, for me, when I started, uh, first, I was, like many photographers I knew, especially uh, in wedding industry, they're like very purists when it comes to natural light, okay? They will not even use reflectors, okay? (laughs) So only the available light. And they are kind of all studio lighting, all artificial light. It's nasty. (laughs) We don't like it. And and then I understood. It's just because most of them just don't know how to use it. They just don't know how to use it. They don't want to try. Because, you know... um, the, the studio lighting is not like flash in the face. It's not just that. You can use it million creative ways. You yeah. can do whatever you want with that light. You Absolutely. can reflect it. It can be direct. It can be indirect. It can be whatever. Okay. You can, I can, in my studio, recreate the, the, the natural light at, at noon. If Great. you want to. Yeah. You know, you, you can do that. But what is, the should I say the the advantage of this that I'm not time limited yeah. and that, this for me was you know like the thing that te- told me oh I love photographing a studio you know I want to take portraits in the studio I don't want to go out and if I go I want to control everything I want to be able to control the setting you know we go out and there is an overcast day and like in Ferrara during the winter it's very dark okay and it's very foggy sometimes you have this fog that doesn't you know rise that doesn't go away <laughs> but just remains there the whole day and you have this light very muted light you know you don't have shadows I mean, I cannot work without shadows. <laughs> I need shadows. So if I don't have them, I have to create them. Yeah. I like that. I like to have shadows on my images, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can work that, with different That gives you three-dimensionality of the image. If you don't have shadows, you lose that. No, it, it, it depends, like, you, you know, like Egyptian hieroglyphs on, you know, like, Three-dimensional images <laughs> of the of the person or or whatever the scene it, it is, you know. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you know, I I said I want to learn artificial light. I want to use them whenever I can. You know, just to add a bit of light, just to add a bit of shadow, just you know. To control the setting, basically that is it, control the setting. Now, you know, I can, some some of my clients tell me, oh, but I, I cannot come to your studio before 6 p.m. And I say, it's okay, because we can, uh, you know, make an agreement. You can come even during the evening and we can do the shooting. It's not a problem <laughs> because I don't care what is outside. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a major advantage. And so, okay, so if someone's interested in studio photography, but they've never taken pictures, but they want to get into this genre, what advice would you give to them? Uh, if start with one light, you can buy an economic flash, okay? You don't have to go with uh, the best and uh, most expensive or whatever. Just buy Godox flash, you know? like not very expensive one and try to shoot just using one light. Mm -hmm. And if someone has space, just try to use it in any creative way <laughs> that comes to your mind. Okay. And see what happens, how the image changes, try to use different uh, intensities. What What is happening? Try uh, to then when you really master one light, then add two lights. You know, the most of my work is done with one or two lights. Rarely I use three, okay? I use more lights when I have a very special image in mind. Okay, so there is the whole scenery, a whole setting. Or sometimes when um, I do uh, product photography, sometimes you there need to have more lights. You need to have more lights because it's most of these uh, images is done by, uh, you know, it's commissioned like that. They say, for example, I don't want to see any shadow mm -hmm. or I want to see this like shoe, for example, all uh, perfectly illuminated. And there usually you have two, three, sometimes even four lights really depends uh, how you use them or what you do. There is no fixed way to do these things, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some photographers, they're excellent photographers, product photographers, also portrait photographers that you can follow and replicate their studio settings, okay? But then use this like uh, a starting point, okay? Okay, I copied, I don't know, this studio setting of Annie Leibovitz and I got this kind of image. Okay, but, you know, if I move this slide like one meter left, what happens? And then I could add the other light from the left and then, you know, you start like that and the possibilities are really endless. <laughs> you know? like, sometimes you can go very crazy and have like six lights illuminating <laughs> one thing. That's okay, too. I mean, if someone is into that, I'm okay with that. But start with one light, master one light. Don't spend all your money buying all the possible lights and then end up using only one. I saw that this happens very often. The photographers that spend huge amounts of money on studio equipment and then they use, you know, like always the same light only yeah. the same setting and they, they they don't do anything else yeah that's... I mean, that's my personal point of view i don't like to collect uh the um, equipment i was never like that i only have equipment i use and i want to use it if i have i don't know some piece of equipment that is sitting there for years and i never use it Okay, I will just give it away to someone who might need it. 
So I'm always, when I buy new equipment, I'm always, you know, like thinking very well, do I need this? Or I wait for the opportunity to need something else. You know, sometimes I will, someone will call me and tell me, okay, I need this kind of, uh, this kind of image. Can you do it? I will say, I will, what I will say, uh, okay, I can, but I need one more uh, piece of equipment, then I will buy it and I will do the job. But only then I will buy it because, for example, I just recently bought, bought macro lens. Yeah. <laughs> I never had macro lens because I never needed it. You know, I, I don't shoot, uh, you know, like flowers very close, uh, from a very close range of insects. So I never, never had need to have a macro lens. But then I started having uh, jobs where I needed a macro lens. So I bought macro lens. And now I have that one too. Mm-hmm. But I bought it because I had a need to do it. Yeah, not because you felt like you had to have it. Uh, no, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that's very good advice, I think, especially for aspiring studio photographers, because I think it's this genre can be quite intimidating for a lot of people. It might seem like they need to have all these different lights and camera gear. But the truth is, if you start with one light, as you said, it can really lead to a lot of opportunities. And when you do master that light, you'll know what you'll need next. So, yeah, it's, yes. it's good advice. I and mean, not that scary for people, hopefully, to, to know that they just need one light, nothing else. Absolutely not. Actually, it's very, very creative. Uh, it's I find it more creative than natural light, mm-hmm. for example, or more challenging for me as a photographer. Uh, depends on the preferences. Uh, you can, one can be very good in uh, studio photography and also very good in outdoors photography. I mean, there is no better, okay, you know, like, oh, he's a studio photographer. He's kind of uh, more cool or more something. (laughs) Nothing like that, okay? Uh, (laughs) You know, like, we are not snobbish. Uh, I also have many colleagues that do amazing work using just natural light. It's not easier natural light. Like I said, it has a lot of challenges. Some of them we mentioned before. And also to use wisely and uh, well natural light, you really have to know it very well, okay? Which is not easy because you have to bend it somehow to make photograph, okay? Meaning using also tools like reflectors, panels, whatever, to bend the light, to have the image you want to have, even in not very optimal conditions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think every genre in photography, every type of lighting has its challenges and its beauty. And yeah, there's no point in being snobbish. Every photographer has their own strengths. So for some photographers, natural light is a strength. For others, it's studio photography. Brothers, it's you know a combination of both, and I think it's beautiful that there are so many different kinds of photographers out there because that's what makes life so interesting, right? You have so many people to learn from. Yes, you're also 
an expert at something called brand photography. And I read a little bit about it on your website and I found it very interesting because it's not something that I've heard about before. Could you talk a little bit about brand photography and how you came up with it? Okay, brand photography is uh, quite a young branch of photography, should I say. Mm -hmm. uh, it started to become a thing, uh, of course, uh, with the emergency of uh, social uh, social media. Mm -hmm. okay. So this kind of photography is especially uh, made for uh, you know freelancers and small, uh, small and medium size. Uh, brands, okay, you know, or yeah, the brands, yeah, uh, and it's made uh, for social media. Instagram, in particular, more because Instagram is very visually based. Um, a bit less for other social media, but it can be used on to you know for all the social channels or internet or web channels one person has. Okay? So basically it's a photography that gives or curate the visual communication of a brand. Mm -hmm. Personal brand and, uh, and brand identity because these are two different things. Personal branding is one thing, brand identity is different thing. Like brand identities like Coca-Cola, for example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we know what is Coca-Cola, you know. Red, red is Ferrari, red is Coca-Cola. You know, this is the give this is the part of uh, the color is also the part of the brand identity of Coca-Cola, you know. So nowadays when we see red, we, we think two things, Coca-Cola or Ferrari. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this kind of uh, uh, um, uh, this kind this general photography is there to give to curate uh, to visual presence uh, of a person or or of a brand because nowadays you know people would like uh, to know from who they are buying products, okay? So they want to know that, you know, the Taya is not just some random person sitting somewhere in the world, you know, <laughs> behind an image. They want to know that you are the real person, okay? Mm -hmm. You are the real person and you have your identity. You have your uh, way of doing things. So this is what people want to connect to. Okay, so this is the creating of uh, visual storytelling about your brand and about yourself. So this is what this this general photography is all about. Try to communicate the identity of your personal identity and your brand identity, and it can be you know whatever you want to communicate to your prospective clients and to your followers, okay? Uh, you want how much you want to show of yourself, how much you want to show of your brand. If you want to include products also that you offer behind the scenes, that is huge behind the scenes. People love to see this kind of images, you know, to see you working, to see your team while working, 
all of you together, the space no, you're working in, that is huge, huge thing. And people really like these kind of images. And of course, they really like to see ourselves, <laughs> to see us. Who are you? You know, if you if you go to Instagram, for example, and you watch images that had most likes and comments, in most of the cases that will be the images of you, mm-hmm. your face. It doesn't matter if it's professional, if it's selfie, if it's you know like some really random photo of someone took of you. Uh, they want to see our face. And those are the images people want to see the most. Right, yeah. Yeah, you want to connect with the person behind the screen. You want to know what they're like. And I've noticed a lot of brands, they will often share a photograph of themselves. And then also write in the description, like, this is a little bit about me and what I do. So it helps you connect with your audience. So I can understand why brand photography is so popular because, yeah, it creates a new layer of authenticity. Of course, because people on that, they want authenticity, you know, because nowadays we are all communicated to, to a niche. Okay. So we created, uh, we should, you know, the times when we were, uh, people uh, were marketing to the, the, the huge mass of people are over, over and dead forever. Okay. <laughs> that is not working anymore. No. Uh, or we have we a lot, a lot of money for huge marketing campaigns also on TV, <laughs> like to, to promote our business. Okay. For most freelancers, this is not the case. Okay. So we have to build our niche and to talk to that niche. Okay. And how we connect with those people, uh, by communicating in language they understand. Mm-hmm. Or communicate it in a way that they can connect. Because otherwise, you know, it would be a nice photo. They would click, like, and that's it. Then they forget who you <laughs> yeah. yeah, you want to be remembered. You want to connect with people. Yeah, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing this about brand photography. As I said earlier, I've never really heard of it. So it's very interesting to find out about it. And it's cool that there are always new kinds of photography being invented. It's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) What I would like to achieve, I would like uh, to help as much freelancers as I can uh, to build their niches and to talk to their ideal clients. That's mm-hmm. it. I want that. I don't want fame and Oscars. I don't need that. <laughs> That's a nice thing. I want to help uh, as much professionals as I can to communicate their business and to be successful in their businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that goal. And you're already on the right track because I, I went through some of your brand photographs and they're so beautiful. And there is definitely authenticity there. And each and every one of the images has something unique to it. So I think that you are going to definitely reach your goal. So oh, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had so much fun talking with you. And I really hope that the listeners have a 
clear idea of pet photography and portrait photography and brand photography because of you. Okay. Hope I hope so also. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. The great big photography world wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I love meeting photographers who have different mindsets and different ways of approaching their work, and Maria was definitely no exception. She has such an interesting way of approaching her work. She works with studio light in such a fascinating way. And she loves all kinds of different genres. So I personally learned a lot from her. And I hope that her deep knowledge of these topics gave you a better understanding of different genres in photography and inspired you to try something new today. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.